Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck. Four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-306-8158 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today, 800-306-8158. That's 800-306-8158. What do you have to lose? Call 800-306-8158. Again, 800-306-8158. Wichita's home for Chiefs coverage. ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. I, I told you all before the season, we got, we got Coach Andy Reid. We got guys like Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. We're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Coach Reid, there's some reports out there that you might retire. I think I'm going to hang around. Uh, I'm not going to say Dynasty yet. We're not done. So I'm not going to say Dynasty yet. When you want the latest on your favorite teams, tune into Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. The KCAC postseason tournament is finally here, and teams are trying to make their way to Hartman Arena, home to KCAC Championship Monday. Join me, Pat Strathman, for live play-by-play coverage of the road to Hartman Arena. On Wednesday, it's the men's KCAC tournament quarterfinals, as number four Southwestern welcomes number five Bethany. Our coverage begins at 7 o'clock on Wichita's Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. It is 102 here on a Wednesday. Chained in the show, Jack Johnson with you. The Pulse coming up an hour from right now with Pat Strothman taking you from 2 to 4. We've got uh, an interview coming up in 20 minutes from now, an author of a book about greatest broadcasters of all time. It's Kirk McKnight. He'll join us here in about 22 minutes from right now. Uh, Coming up tomorrow, of course, we've got Jamie Bluma, as we normally do every Thursday. We'll get some thoughts from him on spring training as the Royals pitchers and catchers already working out and working toward that game on Friday to get spring training season going. Uh, A-10's very own Todd Lebo and Sarin Petro from the program down at spring training, giving us some great audio. And so we'll check in with them here in just a second. But need to remind you, in case you missed it at the very first part of the show, it is National Margarita Day. And no better place to celebrate that than at your local Twin Peaks. Whether it's 21st and Rock or Ridge and Taft, you can celebrate National Margarita Day with the best margarita lineup in the game. Whether it's House, Peaks, Watermelon, or On the Rocks, whatever you go to is celebrate National Margarita Day in at Twin Peaks. Plus, 
Happy Hour is just a couple of hours away, and nobody does Happy Hour like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls, local craft beers, and handcrafted whiskey cocktails, too. Don't forget about those man-sized drafts, 29 degrees. Twin Peaks never settled, 21st and Rock, Ridge, and Taft, two locations in Wichita. All right, so the aforementioned Lebo and Seren caught up with some individual Royals in a one-on-one basis. And want to hear from a couple of them right now. Number one, I think maybe Jack, was he the most fascinating guy and most talked about guy last year in Vinny Pasquantino? Be it the buildup, bring him up, once he got there, approach at the plate. Was he, if you can take out Bobby Witt, the guy that we wanted to see talk about and everything last year? It's no question. Uh, He was the most polarizing figure because of the way he had quickly moved up the ranks. And and people forget, right, he was kind of looked over uh, for a long time in the draft. He was in that shortened draft, if I'm not mistaken, after the COVID year. And they grabbed him out of Old Dominion. You thought, good college hitter. He, He projects pretty well, but I don't think anybody had the anticipation of how well he would play out in the minor leagues. And once he started... I mean, crushing the ball, and his OBP was north of 440, and he's has a high slash line, WRC plus is high, expected batting average, expected on base, swing and miss stuff, chase rate. All of it was projecting to be not only good, but very good at the major league level. People were clamoring about him, and I think it also helps. He's got a very intriguing name in Vinny Pasquantino. It's not like John Smith, where it just doesn't ring that well. But it also factored in. That the Royals' first basemans were really, really bad for the first yeah. couple months of the year. So, of course, he's going to be talked about because you're going, why the hell isn't he up here? I remember in 2019 when the Royals were playing Chris Owings every single day, or at least yeah. every other day, and they weren't bringing up <laughs> Nicky Lopez. And Nicky Lopez was tearing it yeah. up in AAA. And Hitting going, 300 at AAA. Where's yeah. Nicky? And he's yep. playing shortstop down there, and you're going, he's our second baseman in the future. And then later on this year it was, uh, why is Nicky out there when Michael Massey should be up here? So I think it also factors in what the major league player is playing like. Hell, it's going to be probably four series into the season before Hunter Dozier is going to be on the chopping block, and they'll have Michael Garcia playing well down in AAA, and they'll be talking about moving Bobby Witt to third or Michael to third or something like that because it always matters who that player is playing in front of the guy down in AAA or AA. I'll never forget in Chicago when they put Chris Bryant down in AAA for service time reasons, and I want to say it was Mike Olt playing third base for the Cubs. Oh, man. And I go, he yeah. has to have the worst job right now in Major League Baseball, and nobody wants him there. He could go three for four or four for five, and people aren't going to care because it's all a matter of who that prospect is and how badly everybody wants him up at the Major League level. And last year in Kansas City, other than Bobby Wood Jr., Vinny P. was that dude that everybody wanted up there to be the first baseman for the Royals. And you're leaving out the most important part of Vinny P. The front office saying he doesn't have enough at-bats in the minor leagues to come up yet. Mm-hmm. Like he needed what? 500? 500, something like 500, that. 500, something stupid like that, yeah. And I hate to talk ill of the dead uh, or no longer with us, with the organization. But, yeah, that was their deal with Vinny P. All right, let's hear from him, shall we? Vinny Pasquantino from Spring Training in Surprise, Arizona. 
All right, so we're here in spring training. Got a lot of new things going on, new rules and stuff like that. What do you uh, you've, you've dealt with some of these in the minor leagues before? What do you think about kind of these rules and how they'll play out here in the majors? I'm interested to see it. Uh, I got to see it a little bit in the minor league, so I'm interested to see how it incorporates itself to the major league game. Obviously, we won't know until Friday, and even probably the first two weeks of spring training or so, we won't really know. But I'm excited to, you know, I'm happy the game is decided to try to be progressive when it comes to changes and it'll be interesting to see and I think from a fan aspect it'll be really cool to watch. So the, some of the data they show us is like the minor league games were like 22 minutes faster is the pitch clock really the thing that will affect things the most or the shift? What I mean what do you what I guess what rule for you is the one that's maybe going to have the biggest effect on the game? Well biggest impact on my game will probably be the shift. Um haven't seen it in a while, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, who knows? It could, it might not. It was, it's a waiting game, right? So I think the pitch clock will be cool. It did, like the first week I was skeptical of it when we did it in the minor leagues, but then after the data came out and it's like, wow, these games are they're moving. Like, there's just always something going on. It's not necessarily the, the game itself is quicker. It's just, it's moving. Like, there's not as much standstill and, and t- for me, I think it makes me better because I'm moving. I'm not waiting around. And I know that pitchers have said they're going to try to use it to their advantage the same way a hitter will use it to his advantage. So it'll be it'll be more of a mind game, which I think will be cool. There won't be as much kind of just standing around watching, and I think that's exciting. For you at the plate, have you been a step out of the box, mess with your gloves guy, or have you generally been a guy who's just in there ready to go? Uh, it kind of depends. It depends on how I feel. Um, so I've kind of gone back and forth on it, but we don't really have the time to do that anymore. No back so and forth anymore. You're no here, right? Forth. So the, it'll be funny when, especially guys who haven't dealt with it before, is like if you hit a foul ball and the umpire gives it right back to the pitcher right away, there you the go. clock starts. So there was a few times in AAA last year where I'd have to like run back into the box uh, just to make sure I was ready. And, and there's some leniency there with kind of what's going on. Like if I hit one off my shin or right. something like that, there's, you know, there's room for, hey, okay, you know, more just kind of feel with it. So it'll be interesting to see. I know for the umpires, too, just talking to guys last year, they're interested to see how it's going to work because they've a lot of the big league umpires have never dealt with these rule changes, so I'm curious to see how they incorporate it, too. All right, so you've been here for a little bit this week. What are your thoughts about the new regime here, right? we got a new manager. Um, what, what are your thoughts of Q so far? Love him. Uh, hard to say just because we haven't been around him that much, but don't have a bad thing to say about him, that's for sure. So it's been exciting to see kind of how we're working, and it's pretty much a brand-new staff other than – um, pretty much the hitting department is the same, which is exciting for us hitters because we have familiarity with, with who we're working with. So for us, I think it's been a pretty easy transition. Um, they're very open with us. They're very good at communicating. and The guys they brought in so far have been really good, and we're excited to see how it goes. So last year you came up and you were you know with more of a veteran team, right? And then some trades happened late and it kind of got young. It feels like a really young, energized group here right now. We just, what are your thoughts about like the camaraderie of having a group of guys who are all kind of young together? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And from what you hear about from people across the league, it's not very common. So, But for us, that doesn't really mean anything to us because the goal is still go out there and win baseball games. So, you know, we had a meeting yesterday and it was told to us, you know, you're, we're still major league players just because we're a younger group in terms. I mean, Cleveland's still younger than us, I believe. So they won the division. So it, it doesn't mean that just because we're young doesn't mean we can't win. And for us, that's just our mindset is go out there and 
you know, play our tails off and see what happens. Do you pay attention to like the projections, like win totals and stuff like that? From are you aware of like no. the protections or anything like that? I mean, it, it, people don't think much of the Royals outside, I guess, the data and all that stuff. That's not anything that's on your guys' mind, though. No, that's the first time I've heard of it. To be honest, I was, I'm not worried about that. So I'm worried about taking the field and seeing what we can do. All right, so tell me about your off season. I see on Twitter and stuff. Looks like you had a great, yeah. like, fun time going everywhere. What was the most fun you had uh, going to some of these events and things in the off season? I know you loved your Jets. Yeah, and it didn't end up, end up exactly right. You were in a lot of those games, but you wrestling and uh, Chiefs games and all that. Yeah, stuff. I think the most special weekend was when I went to the Royal Rumble, the WWE Royal Rumble, and then parlayed that into the AFC Championship game. Uh, and I was able to go with my fiance to the football game. So that was just an incredible weekend, and very blessed to be in that position where I was able to do some things. And but more importantly, I'm just excited to get going here. How have the Chiefs fans been to you uh, that, that you're a Royal and they want probably you to like the Chiefs but you love your Jets? Have they been nice to you on social media? Yeah, I think they understand. And uh, You know, if I was a Raiders fan or a Chargers fan or a Broncos fan, maybe it'd be different but right. I, think that, I think I'm in a good spot like in the Jets, so we'll see what happens. Now, you know, J.J. Piccolo loves the Eagles. Yeah. He was at the Super Bowl and he was, you know, on the, all the stations talking about the Eagles and that's what he does so he had it really rough. That yeah. wasn't very good. That, that was a tough one for him. You guys uh, giving him any business about the Eagles losing the Super Bowl? Yeah, I have. But for him, he was in a no-lose situation. Right. Either way, he's in a good spot. So for him, I think he's doing all right. Right. So tell me about just kind of last one here, like maybe your goals for this year. Um, you set things like that. What are you What are you planning on trying to get accomplished this year? No, I don't set. I don't set goals like that. It's just for me. I just want to have good at bats when I go up there. That's it. Try to be a good teammate, win ball games. So for me, those are my goals for this season. All right, there's uh, Vinny Pasquantino from Surprise, Arizona and for our with our very own Todd Lebo, kind of our very own Todd Lebo. Uh, very well-spoken, dude. Uh, I don't think I'd heard him uh, speak at length like that. Um, good follow on Twitter, too, uh, Vinny P. And also, uh, Todd caught up with Kyle Isbell. I think it was uh, Todd. Yes, Jack? Yes, I believe this was Todd, or it's a combination. There's like eight pieces of audio, so he's in and out oh, of a okay. couple of them. But okay. either Lebo or, or Seren is there when yeah. they're interviewing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, it doesn't really matter. But anyway, uh, okay, so let's, uh, Jack, let's juggle here a little bit. Before you play the Kyle Isbell sound, uh, I'm going to try to keep everybody on their toes. I got a pair of tickets to the WSU Memphis basketball game Thursday night. Two tickets, 6 o'clock, Charles Coke Arena tomorrow night. WSU Memphis, be caller number four at 316-669-4996. Good luck. All right, here is Kyle Isbell, apparently in line to be the everyday center fielder now. Here he is from Surprise. It's been a few days here. What's the feel of camp so far? Oh, it's awesome. There's a lot of energy, um, a lot of great guys here, and we're just excited to get rolling. They've talked a little bit about you, I mean, playing some center, some right, left. Where, where, uh, where are you most comfortable? Uh, I would say I'm most comfortable in center field. I like being in control of everything, and I have the best view in center field and can read the best swings. When they traded uh, you know, Michael A. Taylor away, it's kind of a sign that young guys were going to get the chance to do that, right? Um, how prepared are you, you think, to, to play center field at Coffin Stadium on a daily basis? Yeah, I'm prepared as I'm, I'm going to be. I mean, I give my best effort every day, and I'm just excited to get going. I'm excited for the opportunity, and um, Michael's a great guy. Obviously, he was kind of bittersweet. Um, I'm going to miss him. He's like he's taught me a lot in the outfield. Him and Benny, they really helped me out coming up. Um, I wish them nothing but the best, and I'm excited to get going. 
and I guess Drew's got this oblique now, so he's going to be on the shelf for a while. This is a big opportunity if you get a lot of reps out there, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yes. Yeah. So wh- tell me a little bit about playing center field at Kaufman, the, the big spaces, what it takes to play maybe there that would be different than other places around the league. I mean, I, I like playing at Kaufman, outfield, center field better because you don't really have to worry about running through a wall. you got so much room out there. You're kind of just free roaming. Um, other places, when balls are driven over your head, you really got to worry about where you're at because it could be dangerous running into walls. But Kaufman has so much room, it just gives you the freedom to be able to play play hard and not worry about running into anything. What are your thoughts? Uh, a lot of new, new coaches around here, too. New manager, Q. Um, a different field than with Matheny, or is it uh, it's all just the same? Yeah, Salve, too. Yeah. Um, no, no, Q's amazing. Um, Hoove, uh, all those guys swing. Like, those guys are great to be around. They have great energy, and uh, we're really excited for this year. What does having a different manager mean for someone like you who's trying to make the team? Is it, is, I mean, is that a relationship thing, or is it just you got to go play and whatever happens, you, you make the team, you make the team? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's important to build the relationships, but you got to perform, and that's that's what we're here for, and that's what all the guys are in this clubhouse for. We're performing, we're, we're here to win. What kind of things do, do you think you need to work on at the plate at this point in your career? Um, it's just being more consistent. Um, I don't really dive too deep into it. I fixed, fixed my path a little bit this offseason, made a couple tweaks and changes here, but overall just staying consistent and being confident all year. You know, last year they made the change at the major league hitting coach level, and I don't know if there's a big big change in philosophy or anything like that, but when, you, when you're a young player trying to make the team, um, is that disconcerting or whatever when they when they change there or did, is it a new message that you kind of liked that the with the new regime how did that kind of fit for you yeah i mean it was um it, it was a, it was a change obviously um i think it was a good change um, um zoom is really familiar with a lot of the younger guys we have here so i think it's like a really good bond and um he gives it his all every day, and we give him our all every day, and it's just a good—it's a good fit. All right. So rule changes. What do you? Any one of them you like? Any of them you're worried about? Are you a step out of the box and mess with your gloves guy? Yeah, you? I'm, I mean that's definitely something I'm gonna have to get used to. Is the uh, the pitch pitch clock? I'm not a huge fan of it, but I understand like the meaning and the process behind it. So it's something we're gonna have to get used to, but I mean it's here to stay, so we got to get used to it. So is it you just have kind of you used to it during the spring training games, or the things you can do in just practice in the cage to get used to it as well? Yeah, so we're doing all our live BPs have the pitch clock up there just so the pitchers can see it, the hitters can see it, we can see where we're at, and hitting coaches are yelling out what number you're at, so you can see where we're actually at. Jack, did you see my retweet of Joey Votto? Facing Derek Lowe once upon a time? I did, yes. Was that hilarious? That made my day <laughs> yesterday. Leave it, leave it to Joey Votto, honestly. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it and you follow me on Twitter, uh, scroll back through that. I don't know when Joey Votto did that. It seemed like it was a while ago or why he did that. He seems like a knucklehead in a good way, but... That was pretty funny. All right, so uh, thank you to Todd Lebo for the Vinny and Isbell audio uh, from Surprise. Now, when it comes to spring training, there's also a, I don't want to say an unsavory part that goes with spring training. I don't know if that's correct, that's the right word, but arbitration 
uh, concluded last week. And just 16 of the 19 players who tried to get a higher salary won their case. The player won in the instance of Hunter Renfro, Luis Arise, Jesus Lazardo, Luis Rengifo, Harold Ramirez, and Jason Adam won his arbitration case. Brady Singer is among the players that did not win his arbitration case. And it's kind of the, the not the seedy, but the kind of meh part of the baseball business that you don't really like talking about or covering when it comes to, that's a 316 winning percentage for the players winning their arbitration cases. Um, now we won't weep for them because they're millionaires and whatnot, but every offseason players with between three and six years of MLB service time are eligible for arbitration. And that's a process where teams and players each present a salary number for the upcoming season, uh, season and then argue for it in front of a panel of arbitrators. 33 of the 200-plus arbitration-eligible players this year passed last month's deadline without signing a contract, and 14 of those 33 settled before having to go to arbitration. But the 19 players who had arbitration hearings were forced to engage in the uncomfortable dance of not only arguing why they should be paid more, but also listening to their teams argue why they should be paid less. And... Those guys, uh, among those who went to arbitration, among others, Corbin Burns, Arise was a batting champion, Kyle Tucker and Max Fried were all-stars, and so they're not exactly scrubs or just uh, replacement-level players. Corbin Burns said, quote, There's no denying that the relationship is definitely hurt from what transpired over the last couple of weeks. He led the league with 243 strikeouts last year, in case you uh, are uninitiated. But baseball is a game, but it's also a business. And that's the sucky part about going to spring training for a handful of people, including Brady Singer, who did not win his arbitration battle. All right. It is 122. When we come back, we need to catch up with an author the book is called The Voices of Baseball, Greatest Game, the, the Game's Greatest Broadcasters Reflect on America's Pastime. It's author Kirk McKnight. He caught up with dozens and dozens of broadcasters current and past, including Danny Matthews and Ryan Lefevre. And also we'll get his thoughts on the recently departed Tim McCarver and, of course, the late great Vin Scully. The Voices of Baseball author Kirk McKnight is coming up next here on The Shane Dennis Show. Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Since 1933, Envision has been a part of the Wichita community, serving people who are blind or visually impaired and their families. From employment opportunities to child development, rehabilitation, research, and crucial programs for all ages. This year, we celebrate our 90th birthday. We invite you to join our year-long celebration of 90 years of envisioning the possibilities. Visit EnvisionUs.com to wish us a happy birthday and join us in continuing the mission. 100% of your gift directly impacts Envision's programs and services. Thank you, Wichita. How do holiday grill masters take food from good 
too. Mm, wow. Kingsford 100% hardwood pellets. Made in the USA with North American ingredients and 100% natural hardwood blend, Kingsford wood pellets can be used on any pellet grill and add delicious, smoky wood flavor to any holiday meal. So look for Kingsford 100% hardwood pellets. Because with Kingsford, the holidays just taste better. Find at homedepot.com. Hi, I'm Capri, and the little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A Girl Spicy Deluxe is the chicken. They actually put it on the grill, cooked it in the sauce. It's definitely a good grilled spicy sandwich. Hey, I'm Michelle, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A Grilled Spicy Deluxe is it's spicy and it's full of flavor. When you pair that with the kale crunch salad, it's just good. Order a grilled spicy deluxe sandwich on the Chick-fil-A app today. Available for a limited time. Real guests paid for their testimonials. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills, so they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th, they'll waive your new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Call 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. Hey, Sorrent Petro here. The Royals are reporting for spring training, and we have you covered right here on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Is it now basically just in the ownership group's court to put the plan together, get with the politicians? Yeah, we're having meetings with the politicians, with political leaders. Not hiding anything. It's really about, uh, it's just good business, you know, not trying to not start a land rush somewhere. Follow the Royals on your home for Major League Baseball, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. All right, it's 126. Jane Netta show continues here on a Wednesday. Spring training, of course, uh, in earnest right now. Games will start this weekend, the Royals, on Friday. And to that end, we're going to talk a little Major League Baseball and further the conversation with an author. He's got a book out. It's called The Voices of Baseball, the game's greatest broadcasters reflect on America's pastime. It's author Kirk McKnight. And, Kirk, first of all, welcome. Thanks for doing this. How are you? I'm doing great. I do two claps and a Ric Flair, but I dropped the handphone. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll allow it. We'll let it slide. Uh, a lot of authors that I talked to, Kirk, I-, I would say, what possessed you to write a book about so-and-so topic? But I think any of us that like baseball at all grew up listening to the voice of their generation, whatever team that they followed. It was like a, a soundtrack of their growing up, a soundtrack of their life. And some of the people that you've interviewed over the years, it's a who's who. How exciting was that to at least get to talk to the likes of uh, Dave Van Horn, Gary Thorne, Charlie Steiner, uh, Dan Dickerson, guys like that? Well, when I first started the project, you know, I, 
it became kind of a pipe dream. I would sit there and think of, who, you know, what would it be like to talk to John Miller? What would it be like to talk to John Sterling? You know, and then those interviews started coming within a few months. And so then I'm like, okay, what would it be like to talk to Vin Scully? You know, and, 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 and more and more, and, and it just, you know, it, and those things just kept coming true and kept happening. So, you know, I, I was like, well, I, I can't stop now. i got to say, what would it be like to do this or that? So I just continue to, you know, uh, try to figure out what's that next step, you know. Like, just the journey can't be over. So, and that's that, that's why the book's being re-released is um, I was able to, kind of exercise a few demons from the first release and, and get back to some of the broadcasters I had really regretted not having included in the book. So growing up, who did you listen to? It had to start somewhere. I, I mean, I'm from Las Vegas, so Vince Scully was definitely on the radio a lot in, in Vegas. Um, you could get a couple other stations in different parts. I'd listen to John Miller, like in this very narrow strip between Las Vegas and St. George, Utah, uh, you, you're traveling through this gorge, and, and you're technically in the state of Arizona for just 30 minutes. But for whatever reason, I was able to catch Giants broadcast during that brief period of time. So I would get John Miller, I'd get Vince Scully, and uh, that was basically it for me because that was the reach. Uh, Las Vegas wasn't much, and, and you know it was, this was before the Rockies and the Diamondbacks came into the league. So. You really didn't have that much, uh, unless you can listen to the Padres broadcast. But most of the time in Vegas, it's it's the Dodgers <laughs> or nothing. <laughs> yeah, talking to Kirk McKnight is an author. Voices of Baseball is the book. Uh, the game's greatest broadcasters reflect on America's pastime. Um, the recently departed Tim McCarver, uh, Kirk, eighty-one years old, spent most of his life. And who? How many people can say that? Spent literally most of his life as a big leaguer or around big league baseball in one form or another. Uh, give us some uh, some highlights of, of what you found out about Tim McCarver when you talked to him, uh, how engaging was he. Talk to us about the late, great Tim McCarver. Well, the unfortunate thing about me talking with Tim Carver was I just talked to him over the summer, and I could tell wow. his health was very much deteriorating. And, of course, I being the, trying to be diplomatic and not sharing that so much outside of the circle of people who brought me into contact with him. But I will say one thing, and, and this is something that I, I, I stressed to David Cohn, or at least tried to get into David Cohn, is that, you know, as, as, as bad as his health was failing and he couldn't really remember much, he did remember David Cohn's broadcasting technique and referred to him as a very excellent broadcaster. And I thought, wow, you know, that's really got to say something if David Cohn ever you know, if that ever hair lips the Coney, you know, he'll be, and, and I know that Cone played for Kansas City, so we could talk about David yeah. Cone here, right. can't we? <laughs> sure we can, absolutely. So, and and one thing that I did stress to talk to Tim McCarver, I wanted to talk to two, about two different things, and they're both included in the book, and, and one of them was, you know, during the 2001 World Series Game 7, he made that comment on the on the broadcast about the, the danger of playing in when Mario, Mariano Rivera is on the mound with your infield yeah. playing in because the, pit, the hitters get jammed up. It's like, as soon as he said that, that's when Gonzalez got the hit that blooped over Jeter. I mean, it was like prophetic as prophetic gets. And, uh, you know, of course he said, it's my job to do that. That's what I'm paid to do. <laughs> so pretty great. Pretty great little short conversation with Tim. I'm very grateful to have been able to put him into the book prior to his passing. And um, 
very grateful to his daughter for kind of coordinating, you know, the permissions and everything like that for me to be able to use his quotes. All right, and since you brought it up, we're talking to author Kirk McKnight. Uh, the Voices of Baseball is the book. Since you brought it up, um, my initial reaction to David Cohn, the pitcher, and David Cohn, the broadcaster, I thought surely the broadcasting thing won't work out as well as the playing thing because he was a pretty uh, hard-to-describe player uh, between Kansas City and certainly the Mets. He was uh, kind of controversial. There was stuff swirling around him, around him quite a bit, but he has kind of nailed this broadcasting part of it. Uh, tell us a little bit about your interaction with David Cohn. I haven't actually had the interaction yet. What I did, the interaction I had was trying to pass the word along to Michael Kay, his broadcast partner, uh-huh. and uh, hoping that it'll get to him. But, you know, listening to those broadcasts, just to, just to kind of comment on that, I, you know, you get a lot of, when you tune into uh, MLB TV, you get a lot of the YES network, and uh, they just have a lot of fun. Uh, Michael Kay and David Cohn are, have a good, they have a good chemistry between them and a good broadcasting uh, little uh, savvy that they have that mm-hmm. they share. It really it really connects and they really click and they really make the broadcast not seem like sitting through a baseball game. Let's be honest. It seems like you know they're kind of taking you through what's going on and making it more lively. It was fun, like following the Aaron Judge home run chase of Maris, you know, tuning in every day because basically if, if anybody across the country – uh, whatever broadcast was going on or ESPN was doing, they threw it over to the YES network just to join the, just to join Michael Kay and David Cohn every time that uh, judge was in at bat, especially when he got to to the 60s. Talking to Kirk McKnight, talking baseball, talking broadcasters. All right, so a little closer to home and uh, to make it about uh, you and me a little bit because I grew up uh, listening to the Royals, and it was before – uh, the cable t- TV uh, explosion where you could watch any game that you wanted to. There weren't very many games on uh, baseball. So, as I'm sure you did, I grew up listening to baseball. And it was Kansas City. And it was Denny Matthews. It's still Denny Matthews. Ryan Lefevre is with him <laughs> now. Um, give us the latest on what you found out about those two guys. Uh, one that's been around forever. He's already in the Hall of Fame. And Ryan Lefevre, who's actually been around since he was 20-something in his start with Minnesota, uh, Denny and Ryan are now the voices of the Royals. What do you got on those two guys? Well, part of this updated edition is to reflect a little bit more on the 2015 championship. When the first edition of the book went in, I had interviewed Hudler, um, Rex Hudler, and, and it was at spring training in 2014, and and Rex right there in spring training, March, like right there on the spot, said, we're going to do what the Angels did. We're going to win it all. And, you know, honestly, he was a two-run home run away from that prophecy being fulfilled in Game 7. Yep. Unfortunately, the Royals fell short. But then again, they came back the next year and won it. So, I mean, prophecy fulfilled. And, you know, the team hadn't been to the playoffs in forever uh, when he made that prediction. So, of course, it just seems so out of the blue and seems so far-fetched. But... Obviously, we see what happened, and, you know, speaking more on the 2015 team, uh, Ryan was able to discuss going into game, you know, game five, the Royals already have a commanding lead in the series, you know, and then they have a commanding, well, the games basically go to extra innings, and so when the games go to extra innings, it becomes a, 
you go, I go, you go kind of thing yeah. between the, yeah. the lead, who has the lead. And so, you know, going into game five, he thought, oh, my gosh, what is going to happen if this game goes extras? Like, what do we do? He had a bit of a dilemma because it's like it's Denny Matthews on the call. You you expect, okay, if we ended nine innings, they win it, Denny has the call. But now we're talking inning, 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 and it gets to the, the 12th inning, and they score, you know, they score the five runs, and they hadn't even used Wade Davis yet, so they're like, this is over. Yeah. And, and and Ryan's basically like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? And he just says to Denny, you know, what do you think about me doing the inning? Because it was Ryan's inning. Yeah. And Denny said, just as simple as everything, he said, it's your inning. Just as professional mm-hmm. as you can get, he said, it's your inning. And Denny, and Ryan said that that meant more to him, hearing Denny say that to him, than calling the Royals a World Series champions. Kirk McDyke so talking. that's a talking. Pretty, pretty pointy moment. No doubt, no doubt. And you got uh, not exactly the new kid on the block, but you got a Hall of Famer that you want to defer to, and he says, no, <laughs> the 10th inning is uh, your inning, regardless of what the outcome is. And and I can still remember Ryan's call, and it was uh, it was outstanding. And, you know, over the years, Denny has been a kind of an understated guy. Um, you get used to his delivery. And, you know, for him to, like you said, for him to kind of defer and step aside and say, no, why are you asking me for it? It's, it's the 10th inning. It's your inning. So take it away. That's uh speaks volumes on uh, what kind of a, not only a broadcaster, but a man Denny Matthews is because how often can you predict that you're going to win a world series? Yeah. And, that, and how often does ego get in people's way in those kinds of situations? You know, Somebody, somebody who, you know, Denny called the Royals championship in 85. So, I mean, it's not like he hadn't been there before. And look what he's done over the over that time. And, you know, that's the thing. Ryan's, like, first thought is, like, it's got to be him to call the, call the inning, right? But, you know, that's one of the things about uh, some of these broadcasters. Ego sometimes was surgically removed <laughs> at birth. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and just, to, just how humbling that is for Denny to say, it's your inning. You know, he could have said, no, it's my inning, Chump. When are we going to win the World Series again? I'll be dead 15 years, you know, whatever. That's right. So, uh, he, 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 you know, it's, he's by the book, and the book says it's, it's Ryan's, and he says it's your inning. Simple as that. So of all the people that you talked to and uh, the re-release of the book uh, talks about memorable moments in the booth, if you got some radio-friendly conversations with guys in their most memorable moments in the booth who would they be and uh who what what happened well i worked for a while to try to get bob euchre to be in the book he wasn't in the first edition and this is the difference between trying to connect with somebody through their hollywood agent and trying to connect with somebody through their media relations representative for the team hollywood agent stiff arm media Mm. representation go ahead green light you know and uh and so having Bob Euchre be part of the book is a huge thing for me because I just tried so hard to do it over the years. And really the formula was just not there because I didn't go through the right uh, channels. But one of the things, it's the very beginning of the book now. It's like basically kind of before the epitaph, before the intro or anything like that. Bob Euchre shares the first time that he basically had his solo broadcasting experience was he would do the he would do one inning between four innings by – uh, his two broadcast partners, which were Tom Collins and Merle Harmon. And so he would do the fifth inning. And so the fifth inning comes around, it's his turn to broadcast, and both Tom and Merle, this is in Yankee Stadium, they just get up and they walk out of the booth. 
like, turn it over to you, we're done. And mm-hmm. he's holding down the cough switch. He's, like, holding down the cough switch saying, you guys, come on, come back. He's begging them with the cough switch down, begging them to come back into the booth, and they never did. And he just doesn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, his producer hears, his producer near his ear says, Bob, there's one out. You better start talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's Bob Euchre's introduction, or should we say baptism, into solo broadcasting. Wow. And, and for those that don't know, the coughs, cough button is uh, it mutes you, but you get to talk to other people. And they So it was uh, like a on purpose, baptism by fire? No, it's yours. So uh, sink or swim here? Pretty much. I mean, that's a very surprising story considering uh, how long those guys had broadcast. But that's, that's the way that Bob tells it. So it's, it's a pretty interesting story. So how, this is a hard question to answer as far as I'm concerned, because when you're talking about the greatest ever put on a headset, uh, Vin Scully, some of the stories that you heard uh, from broadcasters current and past and what they said about Vin Scully, was it uh, pretty much universally 100% all the same kinds of stuff? Because I don't know if you'll get a dissenting opinion that he was the greatest, right? Right. I mean, no, nobody had a bad thing to say. And the story about that was I had already written the book. I had already done the, the everything, written it, had already written it, and I turned it into the editor on August 1st. Well, pa- Scully passed away on August 2nd. Mm-hmm. I immediately got on the phone the next day and asked my editor, I said, while you're editing these other chapters, can I do something? And they said, yeah, just you got to be quick. And I reached out to about 50 different broadcasters, including people like Marv Albert and Doc Emmerich, broadcasters of other sports, Hall of Famers, well-known in their own craft, and ask for basically some kind of tidbit in, input or anything to kind of give a farewell to Vince Scully. And, yes, it is across the board just the agreement that he is the greatest that ever lived and just how kind he was uh, as a person, as a broadcaster, as a professional, as anything. And, you know, Ryan Lefevre actually grew up basically in the same neighborhood as Vin, you know, and, and they knew each other because his dad worked with the Dodgers. And yeah. so Ryan's got Ryan's got the, you know, Ryan's in the booth now or kind of running into Vin for the first time in forever, and, and that's Vin said to him, says, well, look at you, Ryan, all grown up. And that, you know, because Ryan, though he knew him, you know, as a kid and grown up around it, he still, it's it's Vin Scully. So you still right. have that that. In, not necessarily intimidation, but you're nervous, you're giddy, you're starstruck, you're you're geeking out. <laughs> and uh, yeah. but that was the that was the beauty of Vin was that he even when I interviewed him, he basically called and said, "Hello, Kirk, I'm Vin Scully. I broadcast <laughs> do- baseball for the Los Angeles Dodgers." Like he had to explain that to me. It's a guy, you know, he's calling a guy who's doing a book on baseball broadcasting, and he's clarifying to me who he is. <laughs> You know, and so that's that explains and that sums up then, at least from my personal experience, and I and all these other broadcasters have a similar experience or a Vin story, as you will. All right, so uh, we're talking to Kirk McKnight. The book is called Voices of Baseball: The Game's Greatest Broadcasters Reflect on America's Pastime. Fascinating topic. Tell us where we can find it, uh, where it's available, and all those good things, because I'm going to run out and get one for sure. Well, you can get it online. You can pre-order it online. It comes out in April, around the time that the season starts. Um, so get on Amazon, look it up, and pre-order it right there. That's probably your best bet. You can also go through the website, which is rowman.com, and that's the uh, publisher who puts it out. And you can use a code to get 30% off. 
R-L-F-A-N-D-F-30. In fact, I probably should email this to the studio so you guys can put it online. Great. <laughs> so they, anybody who's interested can get that coupon code. But, yeah, no, you can't go wrong going through Amazon. You should be able to pre-order it right now, the updated edition, Vince Scully on the cover, uh, just by himself. And um, that's that's where I'd point you guys. Voices of Baseball, the game's greatest broadcasters reflect on America's pastime. Its author, Kirk McKnight, has joined us for a couple of minutes uh, talking about baseball. Kirk, it was great, great catching up with you. I'd say good luck with the book, but it uh, sounds like you really nailed it. It sounds like an awesome, awesome book. Look forward to seeing it, and thanks again so much for the visit. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate- All right, Kirk McKnight, author. There he goes, the Voices of Baseball. It's 144. When we come back, I'm old Jack Young. Next. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22. Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022, Case IH equipment from Canequip. Choose from Case IH Cedars, Tillage Tools, and more. Plus five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit Can Equip in Wichita and Hutchinson, your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. Can Equip, Can Equip you. Today on Hey Culligan, how smart is your water? Here's Tracy. Hey Culligan, I think my water might be dumb. Good news, Tracy. Your water's not dumb, it's just not talking to you. You can make my water talk. No, but the new Culligan Smart Drinking Water System can talk to your phone to tell you when your water filters need changing and help you meet drinking water goals. Now that's some brilliant H2O. You said it, Tracy, and we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Hi, this is Blake Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Brian Davis with another great special on Seamless Cabernet, only $9.99. And don't forget WBC's Wooshock Wheat Six Packs, just $8.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, get protected today. Call 800-312-9970. Coast One Tax Group, protecting your bank, home, and your sleep since 2008. With hundreds of five-star reviews and an A-plus on the Better Business Bureau. Call Coast One Tax Group, 800 800- 312-9970. Stanley from New York owed $93,000. The IRS placed a levy on his bank account. Coast One released the levy and settled with the IRS for $2,000. Mark in Michigan owed $225,000. After Coast One stepped in, Mark walked away paying less than $1,500. Call Coast One now. A 10-minute call can save you up to 93% on your back taxes. Get your fresh start today. That's 800-312-9970. 
Every day, more sports fans are finding Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3. You can listen to the latest local sports right here. And now you can share your thoughts with us 24-7. Just text 316-247-0923. Want to share your thoughts with the Shane Dennis Show or the Pulse with me, Pat Stropman? Put the new text line in your phone right now. 316-247-0923. There's something in the way you roll your eyes. Takes me back to a better time. When I saw everything is good. But now you're the only thing that's good. Trying to stand up on my own two feet This conversation ain't coming easily And all that I know is getting late I'm old Jack Young, uh, so 148 this Is this pink? Walk me home in the day ding, 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 ding. It's a deep cut, so I see why you played it You can recognize the voice Yeah She got some bangers, man. She does. Get the I've party heard she's started. amazing. I've heard she's amazing. She's amazing in concert too. That wouldn't shock me. Her and Taylor Swift. T Swift is oh, good in concert. Just the ticket prices of Taylor Swift's concerts. I well, think that checks be. out. Yeah, there better be roller coaster rides and free cocktails for. What's uh, what's the bare bones ticket to go see T Swift? You know, I don't know if they're available right now. They well, what if they were three or four hundred bucks? Oh, four, five way more than that. Way more, more than, than that. that. Oh yeah, Man. no, not even Man. close. I, I think here we go. Let's see if SeatGeek is still selling Taylor Swift tickets. Uh, Taylor Swift to go to the Dallas concert. Okay. No listings. It says. Hold on. Is it not even give me a price? Hold on. Hold on. Let's see if Google can come through for me. Um, don't tell me a thousand. Bucks, oh, please. this one in Minnesota said that the cheapest one is four hundred and forty nine dollars. Okay, nosebleeds. All right, <laughs> at like at like where the Timberwolves play that arena. I think so. Yes, uh, yeah. that or U.S. Bank. All right, uh, 150. I'm old Jack Young. Born day today. Star-studded cast of birthdays on Feb 22. Turning 37 is Rajon Rondo. Former Boston Celtic. What's he doing right now? Where is he? Um, Last I remember him really playing, it was in with the Clippers, maybe... Uh, it says he's on the Cavs now. Oh, is that right? He's trying to play for all 30 teams? I guess so. Okay. Godspeed. Uh, 38 years old. No. 48 years old. Charles O'Bannon. Uh, should I know this one? Yeah. Uh, you heard of Ed O'Bannon? Oh, I'll go basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basketball. 
Michael Chang, 51. Not the big four. No. Golf. Tennis. Mm. Late 80s tennis. In the Andre Agassi heyday era. Trick, tricky one. Lisa Fernandez, 52. Not big four. Olympian? Yes. In softball. Olympic oh, gold. Okay. 1996. Yes. Quite good at softball. Uh, Sean Jefferson, 54. I want to say that one is basketball. No. Mm. Van Jefferson's dad. Oh. Former Charger and Patriot. Sean Jefferson is Van Jefferson's old man. They both played football. Same day, same year. Mark Chimura, 54. Um. <laughs> really? I'm struggling with this one. Yeah, uh, you are. Football? Yeah, former Packer tight okay. end when Favre was there. Pat LaFontaine, 58. <laughs> I've heard the name before. He's a former Olympian. Can you tell me what sport? Track and field. Hockey. Close. <sighs> former Islander great, Pat LaFontaine. He was really good in uh, NHL 94. He was fun to play with. He was a good goal scorer back in Sega Genesis days. VJ Singh, 60. Golf. Yay. Julius Irving, 73. Basketball. Do you need his nickname? No, okay. You got it. (laughs) Born, New York. 11-time NBA All-Star, Dr. J. Twins, same day, same year. That makes them twins. Tom and Dick Van Arsdale. Baseball? They are 80. No. Basketball. Both made it to the NBA. Uh, Chet Walker, 83. Mm. <laughs> These are the biggest name guys that you stink at. This is a milestone day for you. Oh, boy. Not to make you feel bad or anything, but. Basketball? Yes. Nice. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven time NBA All Star, Chet Walker. There's a good one to end on for you. Two of them. Born on this day, now dead. Sparky Anderson. Former Tigers manager. Yes. Also born on this day, now dead. Charles Finley. Baseball. Yes. that a lucky guess? Or did Curtis think, tell you? Uh, no, Curtis isn't here. That was a lucky no. guess. That would be American sports entrepreneur for the Kansas City slash Oakland A's, Charlie O'Finley. He's the guy that told all those guys in the 1970s, grow a mustache and I'll pay you money. That's why Raleigh Fingers had a mustache and Joe Rudy and Gene Tennis. Yeah, never mind. Never mind, Jack. Uh, dead day. 
In 2005, of a heart attack at age 43, Reggie Roby. Football? Yeah, former punter. Also dying on... That, go ahead. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Is he a punter? He's going to have to be Bradley Roby's dad or something. <laughs> but he is not. No, no, he is not. He used to wear a watch while he punted. Uh, also dying on this day in 2007, Dennis Johnson. Baseball? No. Hmm. Former Celtic great. DJ, Derek Johnson, uh, Dennis Johnson. He played with Ainge and McHale and Parrish and Bird. Dennis Johnson. Will you vow to do better tomorrow? I least? guess I'll try. Yeah, you got to okay. shake this one off and move Heck. on to the next day. Can't get any worse. All right, there you go. That's that. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Tomorrow, Jamie Bloom, among other things, here on the channel. Coming up next, it's Pat with the Pulse. So stick around for that. For Jack, I'm Shane. Thanks for listening. Talk to you on Thursday.